You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean, Vanessa, and Jared. An iHeartRadio podcast. What is up, sucky daters? It is Dean Unglert, <laughs> and I am back in studio. It is September 16th, I believe. I'm here with Mark Easton, Jared, and Vanessa. We have a very special episode for you guys. We have Nicole Lappin, who is the author of Boss Beach, boss bitch. Well, I say bitch. The new book is yeah, you can. It's her book, but the newest one that she just wrote is becoming Superwoman, and she is, in my eyes, a superwoman. A space between the words, as she likes to put it. She's not Superwoman, mm. but she is a Superwoman. We're gonna talk to her. We're gonna talk to Neve and Laura from Catfished a little later on. I'm sure you guys have seen that show on MTV. Basically, they just go out and find people who have been catfished. And Neve was actually the very first person to be a get, to have gotten catfished. So we're gonna talk to them a little bit. But before we do that, it wasn't the first person ever to get catfished. I mean, people have well, gotten it's just first person. By the term, like, yeah. Make, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, exactly. the term. So yeah. by the term, they coined the term catfish, and then they made a documentary about Neve getting catfished. And then that documentary spun off a couple of years later into Neve hosting the show Catfished on MTV, which I'm sure you've all seen. I don't really watch television, but I've seen that show. So I've, I've seen, seen it. it. Yeah, great. Sure, sure we've all seen it. Um, I think it's neat to make up a phrase that becomes part of the language. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm curious. So cool. to, I'm curious to talk to more to them more about that because I I don't believe that they've invented the phrase. You know, you don't. How does like how how could they have done that? You don't just go out and do that. I have it like John Hine. He's the guy that invented jump the shark and the concept of jumping the shark. And now everybody says jump the shark. Never heard anyone say jump the shark in my life. <laughs> wow. I can't be the only one. Have you heard that? You yes, I've, heard, I've used it before. I, yeah. Use it to me. Give it to me well, in a sentence. The, the premise originally was when does a TV show jump the shark? Like, for example, on Happy Days, when the Fonz used his motorcycle to jump a shark, that show wasn't good anymore. It's when a TV show stops being cool and exciting and fun. And every TV show has that moment. Is it because when you're on the other side of the shark, it's like, what's interesting? It's, it's, they do, it's often when you add a, a younger, cuter cast member, when there's a marriage on the show, it's like after that, the excitement and newness of the show is gone and it's not as fun as it used to be. Like, name a show. Name a show the, will the tell you jump the shark. Hmm. Ooh, wow. I was trying to think of that in my head when you guys were telling That's me about what it was. One. Yeah. Because there might be a couple moments when they jump the shark. Probably when Jim and Pam... Get married. Yeah. Finally get together. Or then when Michael leaves... Oh, that that's for sure. Yeah, that's a definite if the shark, shark jump. If the shark wasn't jumped by then. Yes. You know, it's definitely the moment. Definitely. Okay. And usually that's it. Main characters getting together, main character leaving, new character coming. These are all j shark jumps. But anyway... You guys are, you guys are business... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, men? Businessmen. <laughs> business casual. No. 
you guys. You guys are uh, in the scene. You guys are uh, in the Hollywood uh, world more than I am, so you can just know it better than me. I well, think. they're not here, so we could say that this podcast jumped the shark when we added Jared and Vanessa. I, mean, I think <laughs> yeah. we all can agree on that. Yeah, and then again when <laughs> Dean grew the mustache. Hey. <laughs> the mustache for sure. Yeah. That's that's the real jump the shark moment. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, but anyway, that's become something as a phrase. People use it to describe not just TV shows, but all kinds of things. But anyway, we digress. Yeah, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about catfishing and how that became in the zeitgeist. Gotcha. Anyways. Uh, we so haven't had a van update in a while. We're talking to them later. Yeah, so let's give a van update for now. Before, so Jared and Vanessa, they're running late as usual. Um, so they're going to jump in a little bit later on. But I guess in the meantime, I'll just tell you guys about my life. And, and obviously the van has been a pretty central figure in uh, Bachelor in Paradise this season. Mm-hmm. More so than I ever expected it to be. I, I'm surprised I'm getting as much screen time as I am because I... It's just it's just so funny to me, but yeah, the van has been going well. Um, I I did the van full time as of I think it was the end of May, so we're right around three months now. Wow, maybe wow. a little longer. But again, I you know I travel internationally a lot, so it's kind of nice to like not have to pay rent while I'm gone. But the van itself is doing well. Um, I've had to get some work done on it, which has been frustrating. It's like I'm saving two thousand dollars a month on rent, but just last week I had to get a thousand dollars of worth of work done on getting a computer chip reinstalled on it. You know what I mean? So is it a newer van? I forget. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a 2006. So I mean, not really new. Okay. But, you know, it's got low. It's got 70,000 miles on it, so not many miles. It's a diesel engine, so it runs forever. Um, and it's a you know it's a Sprinter cargo van, so it's made for distance, and yeah. so it, it shouldn't break down often. But when it does, it's a Mercedes, so it's expensive to fix. What are some disadvantages you found that maybe you didn't anticipate, other than maintenance on the van, just in day to day life? Well, when I'm living in the van, I'm not in Los Angeles. So I haven't really run into anything that I dislike about that. Where, where, where do you park this thing? Right now it's parked on the street. Is that how it, when you're asleep in it, are you usually on a street somewhere? Well, so that's the thing. When I'm, when I'm sleeping in it, I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm somewhere more rural. And so I can okay. like sleep in a campsite area or... You know, I've slept in Oregon a couple of times. I'm like literally just like on the side of the road, but the road is like, it's a frontage road. So there's not there's many no houses cars, around, no houses, not, not much traffic going on. And like, there's these, all these, these, these long roads that you're on. There's a lot of like semi trucks that pull over and sleep on the side of the road as yeah. well. And so I'll just basically like join them as like the little brother, you know, because <laughs> I'm like a little baby compared to them. Is there a website you can go to, to see where it's okay to park a car overnight? There is. Yeah. I've never been on it and I don't know what it's called, but I know that they exist. So far you're just doing it on your own. Yeah, and out. I haven't run into a single issue, and so I think until I run into an issue, I'll probably no police say, have come say move it along. And no one's ever stuff. knocked. I so I was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming last month uh, visiting my brother, and we were like climbing mountains and stuff out there. And I was basically just sleeping. It's funny actually. I spent seven days in Jackson Hole, no, like five days in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and my brother has a house there, and I didn't go in his house one time. I just basically lived in my van out in wow. his front yard um, until the very end. I I think I just like. I had a poop or something. So I wanted to know. <laughs> well, that's an issue. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and one morning he woke up, I woke up to, to someone banging on the window and I was like, well, this is the first time I've ever been woken up to someone like trying to bang on the window. And I was like, someone probably is telling me to like move my van. I parked illegally or someone's like trying to, you know, scare me or something like that. And it turns out it was just my brother trying to wake me up just so he can go hiking for the day. But I've never had an issue. And, and it's funny because I sleep with a gun right next to my bed. I have a safe for it, but I typically, right before I go to sleep, I take it out of the safe. Oh, I take, geez. I have the magazine and the, the actual gun itself separated from yeah. each other from like one at the head, one at the toe. So it's like, I don't make a mistake at night, you know? Yeah. And hopefully like in a sleepy stupor, if I needed to, I could find them both and put them together and cock it. And if I need to use it, oh, I could use it. Uh, I mean, just picking it up is probably intimidating enough, right? If someone comes in, you just pick, uh, <laughs> even if there's a magazine in it. It's a good point. I know. But I would never. I hope I don't ever have to shoot anyone. Obviously, but like it's good. To, it's good peace of mind to have. Yeah. Um, and it feels cool to hold. <laughs> like it's a gun, dude. I think it's it, like a handgun, right? It's a it's a Glock nine millimeter. All right. It's very Jeez. capable of murdering someone. Yeah. <laughs> there were times I was hiking through Yellowstone actually. And Yellowstone has these watch out for grizzly bear signs plastered everywhere. Like grizzly bears, you know, obviously they can murder, they can kill someone. Yeah. And there were multiple times where I didn't hike with my gun because I think it's probably illegal, but people carry bear mace with them all around. Um, and there were multiple times where I was like, I should probably have my gun on me right now, which is just a cool thing to think about. <laughs> like, yeah, I got a gun. I should probably have it on me right now. Uh, was getting the gun any issue there? I, blown away by how simple it was oh, to get this gun. <laughs> Literally, I think it was after this podcast a couple months ago, I just walked across the street. There's a gun emporium there and I just 
that took this test and they're like, or no, I, I walked in, I was like, Hey, I want to buy a gun. I live in a van and I need to protect myself. And they go, great. Take this test. Once you pass the test, we'll go pick out which one you want. I was no, like, is that the background check? Is that the test? Uh, no, it's like a, it's a multiple choice, 30 question test. And I go, oh. I go, sure. But just so you guys know, like I've never studied about guns. I know nothing about guns. I don't think I am ready to take a test. And they go, you got this. You're fine. You're going to be fine. Take the test. Ace the test. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I got one question wrong and it was like an ambiguous, like there were multiple right answers and they talked me through it, whatever. Picked out the gun. 10 days later, I come back and I pick up my gun and I got a gun and I take it to the shooting range, practiced with it, took it apart, cleaned it. So yeah, got a gun. Um, Wow. Uh, do you know that it's uh, I, I hear that it's legal to sleep in Walmart parking lots. Have you taken advantage of that at all? So that's actually a, that's a changed rule. I don't think oh, it, it is. I don't think it's legal anymore, but they don't enforce the law. So it's technically not. Oh, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it's still legal, but it's not advertised by Walmart mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. used to advertise it because people would like set up camp there for multiple days. And then mm. Walmart then becomes like in like in liable for things that might happen in their parking right. lots for people that sleep there. I've never personally slept in a Walmart parking lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Van life's been great. Everyone's been very critical of it, but I, I love you it. You mentioned pooping. You do poop in the van, yeah, right? You have a bathroom on there. No, there's no toilet in there. I've been thinking oh, about what? getting a toilet. Well, my thing is I want to try living in it for you know weeks at a time and seeing if I need a toilet, I'll get a toilet, but I haven't really So what are you doing? Starbucks and like just public bathrooms? Gas stations? Yeah. McDonald's? Yep, exactly that. Um, I have a, a bucket that I pee in every once in a while if I need oh, to pee. Dear, Like, let's say you dear, wake up, it's like what, 2 a.m. What are we and doing? You don't want to, like, go out into the, into the no, street I and pee. I understand that. I just pop open the lid of my pee jar, pee in it, <laughs> put the lid back on, so and slide it back out of sight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the pee jar is full right now. I actually need to, to toss it and get a new one. Be careful in accepting lemonade at Dean's Van, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so you don't reuse the jar? I mean, it's basically just like a gallon jug of water that I've that I've repurposed as a PJ. And if you wake up in the middle of the night and have to go the other one, I've not incurred that since I was like six years old. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, that's I mean, good. Yeah. That's positive. Good for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been going well. There hasn't been any emergencies. I'm trying to think of maybe like the worst situation I've run into in the van. And honestly, I can't think of anything bad that's happened. Um, I hurt my arm really bad when I was in Wyoming. I thought that I broke it, but I, I mean, I just had like a big... Uh, I've been staring at that scar for a while. Yeah, I, just, I got like yeah. a big gash. Oh, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still honestly convinced that I broke my arm and I just heal like a superhuman, like Wolverine does from <laughs> That's X-Men. Fun. That's fun to think about. <laughs> no, you guys are laughing, but I'm serious about that. <laughs> I swear, you guys should have seen this. You could, I did, I fell. We were glissading down some snow and I... I you were wetting down some snow? Glissading or it's just like you just like ski on your feet. You know, like you just slide on your feet and it was like a steep snow field and you're up in the mountains. And so like, if you fall down that, you slide down into some rocks and I fell and I was like on my stomach and I slid into some rocks and my brother was down there at the bottom waiting for me and he caught me and I like, I go, oh, like I hit my arm. I hit my arm and I, I show my arm. And he goes, dude, I can see your bone in your arm right now. And we're at like 13,000, we're at literally at the peak oh, of the mountain, 13,000 feet. And so I had to take my shirt off and I tied my shirt off and, and, and put pressure on the wound. So I didn't like bleed out. And I was like looking at it for, I was like, I should get stitches. I know I should get stitches, but I don't want to get stitches. Like who the hell wants to go to the, especially I was like, I'll get stitches tomorrow if it still hurts. And it still hurt really bad. But then at this point I was like, well, I'm already a day in. I might as well just keep letting it heal itself. And I, I couldn't, I didn't have any range of motion in my arm for probably five or six days. Like I could only move my arm like 30 degrees and there was just so much pain and sleeping in the van, you know, it's like kind of cramped. And so I was like sleeping on my arm sometimes and I'd wake up and it'd be like throbbing and like the bandage would have fallen off and my arms like sticking to my bed because the wound is oh. healing to the sheets. Eesh. So that one was, that was a bad couple of days, but that was just because again, I fell up in the mountains. That wasn't really anything that the van was responsible for. I uh, guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That whole trip I was with my dog. I took my dog with me and I was in places like Nevada and idaho and like these like pretty hot places is your dog not always with you no um she lives in pasadena with the girl that i got her with yes that's right okay and i I was like i just like want to travel with her and like give it a shot and see if that if if we can do this and so there was like we were in like a lot of hot places like nevada like i said and she that was maybe challenging because she needed the ac on at all times or like not overheat um, and like, let's say like I needed to go into a store and like buy something and I was like shopping for like 45 minutes. I'd be like kind of, you know, trying to figure out what I could oh, do with her. Right. That's a challenge. Um, and especially in like Yellowstone national parks, they don't, you're not allowed to bring dogs into national parks because, know that. because of all the wildlife. And so oh. I would like go climb the Grand Teton and I would have to like board her for a couple of days while I was hiking or I'd go to Yellowstone and I would like venture out for the day and have to like leave her at the car, which was mm-hmm. like, I never, I never felt good doing mm-hmm. it. So 
I think from this point forward, I'm not going to have the dog anymore just because I feel like she's not living her best life with me. So that was an issue, a small issue. Um, What else about the van life have I run into issues with? That's about it, honestly. I just rebuilt the, the my garage system. I, I repurposed, not repurposed it, but I used to have these two big like bucket things that were on wheels that would slide out and it was like very laborious and inefficient. And so I just got rid of those and I put this big sliding track system in there. So I, the trunk just basically slides out and like that's where all my uh, cargo area is. What do you keep in the cargo area? Um, like camping equipment. Mm-hmm chains in case it snows my golf clubs like all my like extracurricular stuff that i would need um warm clothes mm-hmm. extra blankets um well i i understand why you're getting so much screen time on bachelor paradise because <laughs> i find you fascinating i find the van fascinating it's all fascinating can we talk about my ability to heal incredibly fast i don't think that's a real thing but i i suffer from delusions <laughs> like that as no, well no this is not a delusion i swear so i did it on a i fell on a sunday and my other brother was coming up that Friday for us to climb the Grand Teton, which is like a pretty difficult climb. It's not difficult, but it's long. It's it's like 14 miles and there's like very serious moves that you have to do on the rock. And I'm like, well, I can't even like do a pull up right now. And by Wednesday, I was like, I still don't even know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm physically capable of doing because I still can't bend my arm. Thursday came around and it was like getting better. And then Friday came and I was like, it was probably like 75% healed. The gash was still there, obviously, but I had like 75% ability to to use my arm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to not do the Grand Teton. Like, this is what my brother drove out from Denver for 12 hours, whatever it took. And so I did it. And there's like a lot of points where it hurt really bad. But the moral of the story is now it's just a scar tissue. And this was a month ago, Mark, in Easton. I had a hairline fracture in my arm. I don't know that. I know what I've broken my arm before. This was worse than that. And now it just is a badass scar that I have on my arm. Trust me, no one would be more excited than Ethan and myself if you were actually a superhero. I'm not saying I'm a superhero. I just say I possess superhuman capabilities. Are, are there others other than the ability to heal slightly faster than a normal no, human? No, but this is not the first time that I've healed irregularly fast. Okay, there's a couple tests we can do for <laughs> for real. How how easily do you get drunk? Mm, pretty. So I get <laughs> I get drunk easily. But between getting drunk and, and getting drunk to the point of being sick is impossible. Okay. Because those with healing factor, your Wolverines or Captain America's people like that, they can't get drunk because their cells regenerate too fast huh. to become intoxicated. Yeah, um, yeah I don't get drunk. I could drink all I want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, as a kid, so I grew up with two older brothers, one six and one nine years older than me. And as a kid, you know, obviously as a younger brother, I got picked on a lot and I got like bullied, like physically abused by my brothers as any younger brother will do. Mm-hmm. And they would always say things like, oh, it's not leaving a bruise or that didn't cut you. And so because of that, I can hurt you even more next time. You know, and I'm like, well, just because it's not bruising like you expect it to bruise doesn't mean it's not hurting like it's supposed to hurt. Mm-hmm. And so a regular forced punch on me would not leave a bruise, but a regular punch on someone else would leave like a big, wow, big, bad bruise. Wow. So there you go. I superhuman. Mean- Maybe he is. <laughs> Maybe he is. I'm convinced. Anyways, what else? I used to think that I had uh, x-ray vision as a kid because if you hold something close enough to your face, you could see past it. But in reality, it's just both, oh, oh, that's both your eyes basically piecing it together. You know what I mean? And I would oh always like, close one eye and be like, okay, I can see. I can't see through it now. And then I'd open both and I'd be like, ah, oh, x-ray vision. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's a superhuman ability that I still have. Yeah, this, this is other day. stuff to discuss with a therapist, I think. It's all of the <laughs> yeah. superhuman abilities you think you have. <laughs> um, what else? What other superhuman? That's about it. Well, the ability to live in a van is impressive. And you also taught me a new word today. Glissade. Yeah. Glissade. Oh, glissade. glissade. I don't know. Glissade. What is, glissade. A, what is the textbook definition? Uh, slide down a steep slope of snow or ice with the support of an ice axe. Yep. So the, the picture is th- really funny on Google Images. It's just people sitting down in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing about the ice axe is it's imperative to have an ice axe when you're going through a snowfield while you're mountaineering. Because if you start slipping, as I did, you would basically turn over to your stomach and self-arrest and just dig the ice axe into the ice so you stop sliding. Otherwise, you can't stop yourself because it's so steep and so icy you can't stop. And we only had one ice axe uh, because we were too lazy to go to the store and buy another one, which uh, obviously. And my brother goes first. There was this there was this move where we were on the rocks, and the only way we could get down was we had to jump from the rocks into the snowfield, which is at a decline. And then you had to like glissade, glissade, glissade down. And he did it without the ice axe because he's more capable. He's more of a mountain man than I am. So he went and did it and made it look easy. And I was like, "F this! I don't need the ice axe. If he can do it without the ice axe, I can do it without the ice axe." And so I jumped, slid, my feet dug in, 
too deep and then I flipped over onto my stomach. And once you're on your stomach face forward, you're kind of screwed. And so that's how I hurt the arm. Well, glissade and glissade are both acceptable pronunciations. Thank, thank you so much. That's good to know. All right. Nicole is here. Okay. Jared is here. Okay. And uh, uh, Vanessa's ready for us. Great. Yep. That was great. We, I just feel like we filled a lot of time with a whole lot of nothing. We're blowing a lot of smoke here. <laughs> That's actually the slogan for Help I Suck a Day. We're making mountains out of molehills. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Jared, good to see you. Vanessa, good to see you. We'll get you guys in in a second. We're going to have Nicole as a guest as well. But before we do that, we're going to take one quick break. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. All right, welcome to Help I Suck at Dating. Dean, Vanessa, and myself, Jared. We have a special guest in studio joining us, the author of Becoming Superwoman, a simple 12-step plan to go from burnout to balance, which is available in stores September 17th. Nicole Lapin. What's up, Thank you for being here, guys. Nicole, I'm thank you so much for being here. never leaving with a welcome like that. Thank we you. will give you a standing ovation every time we see you. We Please. promise you that much. That means it means you just have so to come good. back. I will. We All weren't standing that time, so now we actually a sitting have ovation. to Should we do it again? Yes. Yeah, all right. All right Ladies ready? and gentlemen, Nicole Abbott! You guys! Almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> this is amazing! Uh, That's the best intro I've ever received in my whole entire life. I'll never forget my first standing ovation. You know, we try. We try here at Help I Suck at Dating. So, Nicole, tell the entire audience who you are. Who am I? Who are you? This is so deep. Who are you? What are you about? What is happening? I'm looking into your soul right now. Who are you? What do you see? Why don't you a tell powerful me? woman, that's what I say. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. A superwoman. A superwoman. A but hero. you talk about killing superwoman. Thank you. I do. I think superwoman, the character who tries to be all things to all people, so she's nothing to herself, needs to die. We're kind of done with her. I think the idea of being a superwoman, like with this space, just being a super fucking, can I say fucking? Say super it. woman. <laughs> Perfect. Is what we should aspire to. Somebody who puts her oxygen mask on first before helping others. Because if you're all things to all people, you're nothing to yourself. And therein lies the real danger. Mm. If you're all things to all people, you're nothing to yourself. Can you elaborate on that? Say that 10 times fast. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I think that we get into this rhythm as women that we have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the big question is, can we have it all? 
right? I think we can have it all if we define what having it all means. We just can't do it all. We're human beings, not human doings. So we can't do all the things, especially not at once. And I think that pressure is leading women to burn out and break down in unprecedented levels. Um, Nicole, like I said earlier before we uh, started recording, I'm so excited that you are with us today because my birthday's coming up. This is like, and I always say like September for me is the new year, like the new me, the new beginning, because that's my, my teacher brain speaking. And I feel like I'm at a point right now where I'm just kind of coasting. I'm doing everything, but I don't feel like I'm doing everything at 100%. And I totally relate to what you're saying. I totally relate to... Um, the, the idea of a burnout, because I have gone through one, I went my first burnout, I think I was 14 years old, I was in competitive gymnastics, and I went through a burnout. I think I was a little bit depressed at the time, too. And I just, I needed to stop everything and just focus on what makes me happy. Because I think we have this idea of, quote, unquote, what success is, right? And I think there's people who might look at either our lifestyles or people in the industry and say, like, well, how could they be complaining and how can they be going through a burnout or how could they, you know, need a mental health day when they have the life that everyone wants? So what would you say to people in that position? Well, I think we have the equation wrong, right, Vanessa? And maybe it was during gymnastics or maybe it's now. Like, I'll be happy when I get there. Maybe it was a gold medal back in the day. You know, maybe it's an Oscar today, whatever it is. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be balanced. And when you get there, there's always another there, there. Like, we keep with this goalpost all the time. Yeah. Like we get there, we get the salary, we get the job. And then all of a sudden, like, bam! it's magically a whole other goalpost. And you never get your brain to the other side of balance or happiness. And studies show that it's actually the other way around, that happiness or balance will bring us more success and not vice versa. It sounds like what you're saying is if you're not enough with it, you'll never be enough without it. Wow. Unpack that one. Yep. Thank you. You can go ahead and call If you're not enough it. with it, you'll never be enough without it. Let me re- let me re- actually I said it wrong. If you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. That's Oh, okay. That makes oh, more sense. Yeah, that I got makes it more now. Sense. Sorry. No, if you're not enough without it, you'll never be that. enough with it. That's I like it. it. I do like that. It's kind of I won't make the analogy. I was going to make a Spider-Man analogy. Good god, what's wrong with me? Anyway, <laughs> so I digress. So you what you're pretty much saying it's it sounds like it's the journey, not the destination. Well, I think Self-care is the biggest asset or liability in your career. So I wrote rich bitch. I wrote boss bitch. Like I talk about money and business to women all day, every day. And I think what I missed is that nothing is going to affect your career, networking your ass off, going to business school, then not having a good self-care regimen. When that's off, it can bring you to break down and rock bottom. When it's on point, it can actually bring you more success than you ever imagined. When you say say self-care, are you saying mentally, physically? Yeah. It's I have all encompassing all of it. Do you I have think any tips? I so many tips. Um, I actually had a mental, emotional, physical breakdown after a burnout from my second book launch. And what I realized is that it's a lifetime of smoldering embers that finally caught fire and incinerated everything in its path, not some spontaneous combustion. I think if you go through trauma, if you have issues, I mean, I have more issues than Vogue. We all have stuff that we're dealing with. (laughs) It will eventually kick your ass. I mean, I self-prescribed work for so many years and just hid from everything. And ultimately it will come back and, you know, kick your butt when it sounds like a lot of the advice that you have to offer is pertaining to people in the workplace right or entrepreneurs if you're you know in boss bitch i talk about being a ceo of your family being an entrepreneur so being entrepreneurial within an existing company or starting your own Mm -hmm. business and we go through a lot of different stages in our careers especially now it's not a ladder i hate that analogy it's more like a rope swing or like rock climbing or something like that you're doing different things at different stages in your life but you're the only constant no matter where you go Mm -hmm. So So I think one issue a lot of people have is boundaries. How do you set boundaries? I feel like when I'm having like a really rough day and then I know a friend is calling me who loves to talk for hours. How do I set that boundary to be like, I I'm just tired today. I let, you know, let's catch up tomorrow. Instead, I'll like, I'm such a giver. So I'll give everything that I got and then I'll become more exhausted. So how, what kind of advice would you give to people who don't know how to set boundaries. That's when I don't pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Oh, you just forward it to message. It's very easy. And, and then you text them and then you say you're at the gym or you're getting food or something like that and you'll call them later. 
Or you could That's just be really honest. That's the opposite of the boss bitch, Jared. I you know. You could just say, like, listen, sister, you know, I got to put my oxygen mask on first right now. And Superwoman Shonda Rhimes, I quote in the book, says no is a complete Love sentence. Love her. Right? Love her. And saying no to other people, you have to reframe that because that's often saying yes to yourself. And if mm-hmm. you think about it, like, as a giver, I get it. And a lot of women including yours truly, are givers. Like, I want to take care of other people. But if you say yes to something you put your half ass into and not your entire ass, then you're actually not being of service or of help to that other person. You're actually not doing justice to whatever that thing they asked you to do was that you said yes. So I say superwomen put their full ass into all the things or they say no. Yeah. Uh, I Also, I want to say I was just joking about not picking up the phone, guys. I hope everybody understood that. Uh, but I, 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 what you were just saying... I I need to practice what I preach as well, but a a lot of times I think I don't give people, I don't value uh, people enough for them to handle my opinion, if that makes any sense. Because like what you were saying, I think it's very difficult to say no, but at the same time, I think I should respect the other person to be able to handle the fact that I'm saying no. Does that make sense? Yeah, and deal Wait. with what that feels like for you. Like it's it's very hard for me to say no. I'm sure everybody has this problem, right? You don't want to say no to someone because you feel so bad, but at the same time, I feel like I should respect that other person enough for them, for me to know that they can handle me saying no. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you're not in charge of that other person. You're only in charge of yourself. Yeah, but at the same time, you feel bad and you you feel guilty and you want to help others as much as you possibly can. But you need to help yourself first. Totally. Yeah, you you can't help anybody if you're crashing and burning yourself. And if you had like a date with yourself, I used to get into this cycle all the time. Like I'd have a workout or whatever, and then I'd have a meeting opportunity that popped Mm -hmm. up and be like, I can totally do that meeting. And if I had a date instead with a friend for breakfast or lunch, I would think 500 times before canceling. Mm -hmm. But I would cancel on myself so easily. But instead, you have to think of that. Like, that's a date with yourself. You have something that's already on your calendar and it's with you. Like, we're so easy to cancel on ourselves. We're so easy to put ourselves down. You know, the biggest enemy is between our ears. We talk so badly to ourselves all the time. You know, I'm in this whole kick now that when I when my girlfriends say, like, I'm so fat or I like I look terrible or I'm the worst. I'm like, stop talking about my friend like that. And if somebody else talked about you like that, like I would punch them in the face or I'd gouge their eyes out. Like you're not allowed to talk about you like that. You are my friend. We can never be friends then. I'm sorry. Don't put yourself down. I'm very self-deprecating. And Mark's the worst at that. He's he's actually the best at it. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's a champ at being self-deprecating. This is an issue we deal with Dean all the time. He's incredibly charming and he has the ability to make everybody feel loved except himself. Yeah, but there is some like deep underlying psychological issues there. Like what? Oh, I don't know exactly what specifically. Let's Otherwise, I would identify them and fix them. You know, like if I if my car was broken, I knew what was wrong with my car. I'd fix it. But I, it's broken. You're not broken. I'm not broken. I'm just I'm, if I were a car, I would be broken. But as a human, I'm fully functioning. Anyways, the point that I was trying to say, to make was that we would not be friends because you would be very critical of my self-deprecating humor all the time. Or maybe I would be it's, a great friend and then we could get you to a better spot. But I'm in a good spot. I like my I like being self-deprecating. I enjoy it. No, there's and a time I, and a place for self-deprecation, but it, if it actually gets deeper to like you don't value yourself. Oh. I just did a social experiment when I had women come into a studio and I had them list on a whiteboard the top five things they value. Mm. And none of them wrote themselves. Oh, wow. Oh. Like, think about it. What would you guys write down? Like, I, I what would, would you not value? have written myself either. No, I don't think anyone of us. Anybody nope. in the studio would know, have. though. I Dean? Think, well, I wouldn't write myself, although I am uh, underlying all of the self-deprecation and all that stuff. I am one of the biggest egomaniacs, I think, that I possibly know. And so it's like a weird uh, dichotomy between the two. But I think that people don't put themselves because they're look, trying to look outwardly, right? Like, they're not trying to, they're not like looking at themselves and saying, <clears throat> me, I value myself the most, which they should. But I think that they're just kind of looking outward more, right? I, I don't know. I just think we were never taught that in school, right? To like, I think now it's starting to change. Our educational system is starting to change with like even emotional regulation and stuff like that. But growing up in elementary school, I was I, I was never taught how to love myself. Totally. I mean, we learned the most bullshit things in school, like how to dissect a frog or Mm -hmm. how to do the Pythagorean theorem. Like, why do we need to know that in our lives? I have no idea. Yeah, but I also think that helping others gives like, for me, a, a, a satisfaction, a joy. And so that is somewhat selfish. So when I value other people, I guess I kind of do value myself a little bit just because I know that by doing good, it makes me feel better. So is that a selfish act? 
Well, I don't think selfish is actually a criticism. That's a whole other topic. I think, for, especially for women, selfish is considered a criticism and selfless is considered a compliment. But part of the definition of selfish is actually having concern for your own desires and needs. And I don't think that's a criticism. Being selfless is having no concern for your own desires and needs. And mm-hmm. I think that should be the criticism mm-hmm. above everything else. So I think you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, it's all good to be of service to other people. And if that makes you feel good, like, mazel tov. But I, well, I think it makes everybody feel good, right? Yeah, but it, if you are first taken care of, like, you can't pour for an empty cup. I think that when you're depleted, you can't be of mm-hmm. service to other people. Mm-hmm. I also think mm-hmm. people don't value themselves as much as they value other people. Because as human beings, we, you know, as an individual, I know every thought that goes through my head. And I know every act that I do. And there are times where I am selfish. And there are times when I do things just for myself. And I think that knowing that as an individual and a human being, immediately I hate myself for that. Does that make sense? Even though you shouldn't. And I think everybody goes through this. Because everybody's selfish at a point, right? You know, everybody does things for themselves. And so knowing that I do that already, I think it already gives me that thought of like, well, people are... It already makes me hate myself, if, if that makes sense. You feel guilty? Of course. How can you not? You know? Um. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. I think growing up, I was someone who is, I, I am still such a giver. But I think once I decided to take charge and what my happiness looks like, and I still struggle with that every day. I still struggle with like really making time for myself. I haven't, before I went on the show, it's been three years that I've had a solid workout. And for me, that was linked so heavily to my mental health. I felt so good. I would eat better. I would be happier. And now I'm just like, oh, it's hard for me to wake up in the morning. It's hard for me to eat better because I that part of my life, that puzzle piece is missing. And I just haven't found time for it. And that is such a big excuse. I think it's so easy to make excuses for yourself in life. And it takes a much stronger person to be determined to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to stick by it for myself, like you said. Yeah, I mean, time is your most valuable asset. And I think people say you can't find time. Like, I found balance. It, balance is a noun and a verb. It's like not hiding under the couch. It's not a game of hide and seek. It's not like you find it and you peace out and you're done. It's a, I use it as a verb because it's something you constantly have to work on every day. So like prioritizing your workout or your gratitude journal or random acts of kindness or community. Like all of these things have been proven scientifically to contribute to your well-being and to happiness. Like I always go back to the data and the facts, not the woo-woo stuff. And like, I'm not saying don't be a giver and don't develop community because that's actually one of the biggest telltale signs of successful people that they have developed relationships and cultivated them but not at the expense of yourself I mean think about Mm -hmm. like dating too like hello I totally suck at dating this is a part of my life that I have not figured out but I know that like if I don't have my own going on like I'm not going to be a partner you guys I'm assuming don't want somebody who's like all about the other person. I mean, for so many years, I would say, well, when I get married or when I find somebody, then I'll go on this trip. Then I'll have that adventure. And then I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I was tired of waiting. And I just went on the adventures by myself. I went to a movie by myself. I was like, this is the raddest thing ever. How did I not do that? The first movie I saw by myself was The Glass Castle because nobody wanted to see it with me. And I was like, I really love this memoir and I want to go see it. So I just went by my damn self. First movie I ever saw by myself was Superman Returns. (laughs) Nobody wanted to go see it with me. So I went (laughs) opening day at 11 a.m. First showing. Not surprised in the slightest. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. It's very on brand for this conversation. You can be a Superman too. Uh, But you should kill Superman, right? Or like for you... What, what I think it's this fictitious idea that we, especially as women, and I had to choose women, but all the advice is for everybody. I think when you're writing books, you have to just pick your audience. You can't be all things to all people. Um, but the advice is for men or for women. And it's this ideal that we're you know, trying to live up to something that is unattainable. Like mm-hmm. we've leaned so far into everything, Vanessa, that I think women in particular are just falling over. Like we're comparing ourselves to the best versions of each aspect of our lives. So like in our fitness regime, we compare ourselves to like the fitness blogger that has the, you know, works out 500 hours, you know, a week. Uh, I don't think that's possible, but whatever. Or we compare our, you know, being a mom to some home, you know, some woman who makes bread and homeschools her kids. Then we compare our business life to like some CEO of a multi-billion dollar company and they don't have the same responsibilities that we do, but we try to be the best at each of those things. And that's crushing us. Right. And now 
it's worse than ever because we we can tap into everyone's life and feel like we're a part of it and then really feel like we can compare ourselves through social media instagram the pictures the mm -hmm. it's it's so hard um and i relate to that too and i think people think you know they look at someone's lifestyle i remember when i was single i'm like oh i would look at a married couple and be like oh they have the perfect relationship or i would look at something that th that i didn't have and then at one point i'm like what if they're looking at my single lifestyle and thinking like mm. oh i wish i were single or oh, i wish i had that too so that's when i started really appreciating the life that i that i have um and taking advantage of it i one question that i do have though which is hard for me to do is to I feel like I'm really good at sensing people's energies, but it's sometimes hard for me to like avoid having toxic people in my life. Um, how, what kind of advice can you give to someone like me who's like, uh, that person is toxic. Make sure that you do set that boundary so that they don't, you know, put on that negative energy and onto your life. It's true. I actually had to go through my whole friend list and friend breakups are harder than <laughs> breakup breakups in a lot of cases. But I really had to say just because we have history together, like and you're draining my energy. But you're not actually telling your friend, sorry, we're not hanging out anymore. Right. Or are you just kind of like ghosting them as a friend? Yeah, I have a whole plan in the book, actually. Of a, Sometimes Ooh. like you actually have to say something and sometimes you trail off and you're protecting yourself. Because <laughs> I'm going through this phase right now where I mean, it's not really the same thing, but in a sense it is. I'm unfortunate following a lot of people on Instagram that aren't like motivating me to do the things that I want to be doing. If I haven't talked to you in a long time, we don't have, I'm still following Jared. Jared and checking. I'm checking my phone right now. <laughs> there are very, I'm unfollowing many, many people because they're not adding any value to my life and we don't, we don't talk regularly. So there's no point in me continuing to keep up with their life. Right. So do you think it's important for me to reach out to them and be like, Hey, I'm unfollowing you. No, I don't think we need to have that conversation. So that's what you're saying. Sometimes it's necessary to have that. Conversation. Yeah. If they confront you and they're like, yo, so I've been confronted by multiple people. They say, Hey, why'd you unfollow me on Instagram? And I always say, Oh, uh, I'm sorry, I guess it must have been a glitch in the app or something. I'll refollow oh. you because I'm so unconfrontational that I don't want to be like, I don't know. I just wasn't interested in the stuff that you were posting anymore. Or yeah. do they, I don't know. What is, what is your advice on that? <laughs> I mean, I would just say, like, I'm using my Instagram primarily for work right now. And I hope you're well or whatever. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think you need to lie necessarily about it. And most of the stuff that you probably do on social media is for work. It is. But it's also mm -hmm. it's like. I still follow friends. I would always just say, oh, I'm only following travel and dog accounts right now, so I'm not following any human accounts. <laughs> I think we feel like we have a responsibility to certain people, you know, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And studies have shown that you need two out of three things to maintain relationships. So shared history. So like if you grew up together or if you went through something traumatic together, um, common interests. So if you like the same things and also an equality in the relationship. So somebody is not a mooch. Hmm. If you only have one of those those things that's not for a sustainable relationship so you actually have to ask yourself if you have more than one of those things and if you don't then cut people to the curb i mean time is your most valuable asset you can always yeah. get more money you cannot get more time yeah that's so hard though it's, i mean i guess when when it comes to friends and not that it might be easier but if you're working a nine to five job and you're with people who are toxic how do you get rid of them or how do you distance yourself from people who you're not compatible with at work. Yeah, I mean, well, it's important to have like work homies too that elevate you. And if somebody is a drag on your time, I mean, it's case by case dependent, but I went through. Um, so when I had this total breakdown, I needed to rethink basically everything and everything we've been told as cliche, I had to go back and say like, is this actually applicable to me? So I listed it by city and I came up with, you know, my notebook and I literally wrote down like, here are the people who are good influences in my life in LA, in New York. And I would like stick to the list because in a time of you know clarity i wrote down that list of people who elevate me are contributing to you know my betterment of my career or my you know share my morals or values or whatever and then like in a time of weakness where they're you know tugging at me i go back and i'm like were they on the list when i was like in this really good space and then i cross-check that <laughs> Well, Nicole, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. You were quite a pleasure thank to have you. in studio. Likewise, guys. Do I get another clappy thing? Yes, another <laughs> yes. clappy thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's, let's go. She's we're asking for it. We can't just like be handing them cookies. out. Exactly. Yeah. We'll I'll give, give you, you one. a clappy thing. We'll give you one, but not because you're asking for it. We're going to give it to okay. you because you deserve it. Well, thanks. But before we do that, yes. let's talk about your book that you just published. Great. Let's talk about Becoming it. Becoming Superwoman. Yes. So it's where a can, simple 12-step plan to get 
um, to go from burnout to balance. Where can we find it if we want to go? First step, you guys already did. Which is having you on the podcast? Yes. Okay. Talking. Admitting you have a problem. (laughs) Well, that's the first step to solving any problem, right? Yeah. All the books are 12 step plans. So, yeah, you can get it wherever books are sold Amazon, Barnes and Noble. All the books. Make sure you're wearing your wedding ring. Um, Let's realize your wedding ring in New York. Uh, Barnes and Noble. Oh, should we talk about the right handed wedding ring that I bought myself? Oh. Good is it for like you. a promise ring? Thanks, babe. Yeah, I got in a fight with my ex and I just like walked over to the jewelry store and I went into the wedding section and I was like, oh, I'll take that one. They're like, you're getting married? I'm like, yep, to myself. Here's my own credit card. <laughs> to myself. So I becoming like becoming Superwoman on shelves now, is it via uh, available on audiobook? It is. I wrote, I read the whole audiobook. Like Whoa. I never wanted to hear the sound of my voice ever, ever, ever. How long did that take you? <laughs> A week. Boss bitch took like a week and a half. It was longer. Rich bitch took about a week. Too. Wow. So for the listeners out there, if you're enjoying this beautiful voice you're hearing yeah, on this that. podcast <laughs> and you want to get more of it, Becoming Superwoman and Boss Bitch, both available in audiobook. And Rich Bitch. What and if- I'm on, I'm in the iHeart family now. Hello. Yeah. Hush pl- Money just launched. Plug it right now. Oh uh, yeah, hush, hush money. Hush Continue. money. Yeah, my co-host is the editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason okay. Pfeiffer, okay. and so yeah, we b- debate taboo topics that nobody wants to talk about uh, about money, and then we bring in a celebrity. Give judge us, give us one taboo right. topic. Who pays on a first date? Ooh, oh. who do you think pays on a talk first about date? That a lot. Do you lend your friends money? Right. Do you lend your friends money? That's a good one. That's a hard one. I, they're all hard questions, and nobody wants to talk about that. Depends on the. Friend. Do you share your salary? With your Oof, significant other? So many different well, How about this? Are you and Ashley merging your bank accounts now that you're married? Yep. Yes. Another good question. Do you have a secret? Is that a personal question? Should I that is that? a personal question, but I think it, I think Wait. that's the right move. Do you get a prenup? Do you get a Should we have a secret account as women? Yes. Whoa. What do you mean a secret? Like whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean a secret account yep. as women? Yep. yep. Have your own back. Secrets. Yep. Huh? Should a man have a secret account? If you want to have a secret account, I'm just talking to my my girls. <laughs> secret secrets are no fun. Secret Nicole. secrets hurt someone. <laughs> yeah, secrets don't make friends, people. Okay. Yeah, but also they don't pay the bills. How about uh, Instagram, Twitter? You're on all those things, I assume, right? Yeah, wherever you can find social media or books, I am there at Nicole Lappin. At Nicole Lappin. That's Making the pleasure of having a unique full name. Yep. You can get the handle of just your name. And it's or dating spelled, the Twitter founder. And uh, the last name is spelled L A P I N Lappin. <laughs> Wait a minute, really? You dated the yeah. founder of Twitter? <laughs> Alright guys, see you later. <laughs> so oh, thanks wow. for You should have yeah, Nicole. You guys fight with and you bought the wedding ring about? <laughs> really amazing. Oh, we're getting dirt now. <laughs> thanks. Don't say too much. Love he might you. unverify you on Twitter. <laughs> I know, don't do it. Uh, but again, guys, Nicole Lapping, you can check out our book, Becoming Superwoman, a simple 12-step plan to go from burnout to balance, available September 17th in bookstores and audiobooks. So go check it out. Yay. Nicole, thank you so much for thank coming you in. Thank you so much. Round of applause. Yeah, to you guys, too. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And we have two very special guests that are on the phone right now. You know him from his hit show, Catfish, and their new show, We Need to Talk, which is from Attention. It is now on Facebook Watch Season 4. We have Neve Shulman and Laura Prolongo. Yay! You've also got uh, Bo and Cleo Shulman here, who might chime in from time to time. Now, Bo and Cleo are your two kids, correct? That's right. Congratulations. And who's the youngest? You just had a, a, a baby this past year, correct? That's right. We have an eight-month-old Beau and uh, an almost three-year-old daughter, Clea. Wow. Congratulations, guys. That's incredible. Um, Neve, I mean, yeah, I know you guys are promoting We Need to Talk right now, which, like I said, is on Facebook. Watch. Uh, what kind of generated the show from the start? How, why did you want to do this? So, uh, I had been working with attention for years. Uh, the guys who started it are friends of mine. And I was just really excited that they were making videos that were obviously social, uh, socially driven and, you know, with the intention of helping raise awareness about issues that needed to be talked about. And my wife and I, before we were married, when she first got pregnant, um, decided to make a video about how sorely companies in America need to improve their parental leave policies. Uh, mm-hmm. And that video did so well that we started making more videos together as a couple. And people seemed to really respond to us together. And we just really enjoyed working with each other. So we kind of developed this idea of uh, how do we help people in relationships kind of figure their way through being single, being in a relationship, breaking up and all this sort of stuff in between. Well, that's incredible. And now, you guys, it's about a si- it's like a six-minute video podcast that you can watch on Facebook, right? Where you guys answer questions, you give advice, you talk about relationships, you talk about your own relationship. That's right. Yeah, exactly. People call in and ask us just about anything, and we usually don't have one answer, but several answers, different approaches to things. Uh, it's funny because Neve and I often disagree on the best route to solving common relationship problems. Like I, I say, I say it's okay to ghost. You say really? It's okay to ghost. Definitely, it's, it's a modern world. It's a modern world. Also, I'm I'm a big fan of staying friends with with your exes, where Laura is not not as good at that. Now that just might be because her exes don't want to be friends with her. <laughs> Neve, are you friends with your exes? I, I am, with the exception of one. Uh, I've remained uh, very friendly with my long-term exes. You know, not not the short-term ones, but the meaningful relationships. Hmm. So we've talked about that on the podcast before, and some have said that there's a bit of like narcissism that goes... Because I'm the same way as you, Neve. I believe it's important to stay friendly with your exes, but some people believe yeah, that yeah. You're, you're wanting to do that or your willingness to do that is because like you need that own vindication in yourself. Do you? But you don't... You're holding them back. You're yeah, I holding think, your ex no, back. See, I, Let's move on. <laughs> Leave them alone. No, I disagree. I think that it's, my exes hold the key to many of my own deep, dark secrets. Mm. So I want them on my side. I, you know, I want them to like me. Well, so me, that they are not, they're not inspired to, you know, potentially reveal things about me that I, you know, they might know. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies uh, close. Exactly. Thing. But Laura, would you be friends with Neve's exes too, or is it? How does that work? Ah. Uh, yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> I don't hang out with them. I'm just like once in a while I, you know, will communicate yeah, through yeah, email or hey, how you doing or congrats on your new kid or whatever, stuff like that. Reply to a story yeah, or something on Instagram. Make sure they know that you're always thinking yeah. about them. The real question is, Laura, would you be friends with me if we broke up? Ooh, yeah. Uh, I would have to, I think. I guess the kids, you sort of have the kids, to. the kids add a wrinkle in the Definitely, design. Yes. The kids, yes. the business adds all types of wrinkles in yeah, there. That's right. I'm, su- I'm surprised to hear that Laura says that ghosting is an okay thing to do in 2019 because obviously the resounding obviously everyone's on their high horse and they say no you should never ghost you should provide closure for both parties but you see you said you think it's a good thing i just think there's way too much responsibility on people now with social media to like maintain all these relationships and make sure everyone feels okay and it's just a lot of energy that you're using on things that shouldn't matter anymore well i think that really just, that just depends on how many relationships you're in 
Right, that's true. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think I'm saying like after a date or two, yeah. a casual ghost is okay. I don't think if you've been dating for a few months, uh, no, that would be kind of messed up. I agree, and I do. Think, I don't think you owe someone anything after a couple dates. It's like, I, all right, didn't work out, move on. I think some people deserve to be ghosted. There are some weird people out there that you can go on a date with. That just act weird, and they just deserve to never hear from you. And you want to give them as little information about you as possible. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So so what else are you guys working on? You've got Catfish, obviously, going on. Seven seasons. That is incredible. Neve, when you started Catfish, could you ever imagine it would have taken off and become such a pop culture phenomenon as it is now? Uh, Definitely not. Um, But almost more uh, astounding to me is... I, I, this is a, by far the longest I've ever held a job. Uh, <laughs> nice. So I'm just amazed that I, you know, eight, almost eight years later, I'm, I, I'm still working on the same thing. It's, uh, I, I impress myself even sometimes to think that I, I managed to, uh, keep this thing going. We say the same thing about Dean with this podcast. I literally was just about to say (laughs) I knew you guys wanted to beat you. That's one of the most refreshing things I think I've heard all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so, but you were originally, correct me if I'm wrong, so there was a documentary on catfishing that you were the central point focus of, right? And then we spun that off and then you became the host of the show, Catfish. That's right. So essentially, I got Catfish before that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, my brother made a documentary about it, which we didn't know was going to turn into a thing, but it did. And we called it Catfish, not even expecting that that would then get turned into the, the word to describe the sort of act of fake profile creation. Um, but it did. And then uh, people just started reaching out to me with all their weird, wild, creative stories. And I just didn't know it. We just sort of responded by saying, all right, well, people need help. With their situation, maybe maybe we can make a show. So, so you're saying that your brother is the one that coined the term catfish? Well, I mean, technically, we all did. All, you know, all of us who, okay. who were part of the film. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. Just, I'm curious the origins. Why catfish? So, in the documentary, when we were essentially without giving it away, because you obviously haven't seen it, and you should not not because it has anything to do with me, just because I think it's a really beautiful film. But I thought I was talking to this young woman who I was falling in love with and her whole family. And when I got finally to Michigan to meet them and discover the truth, um, we ended up talking to a few other people involved, including the husband of, of the woman who, who uh, was involved. And she, she told us a story about fishermen using catfish in vats in these giant tanks under their ships uh, while they were spending weeks uh, at sea to chase the codfish that they were catching around to keep them moving and agile and, and mm. their sort of flesh tasty and, and hmm. well, whatever. And so in life, he says, there are people like that who are catfish who kind of keep us all guessing and keep us on our toes and sort of nipping at our fins, if you will. And, and so it was sort of a, meant to be a beautiful metaphor for those who you might call rule breakers, or people who you know draw outside the lines or think outside the box. Gotcha. Um, Little did you know that was going to be the word shouted at you as you walked down the street. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> catfish, catfish. yeah. I mean, it's kind of turned the. It's it's like the name of modern dating. You know, because now yeah. there's so many different names. Like we talked about ghosting, breadcrumbing, mm-hmm. all these different right. meanings, right. these these different words now have taken on so many different definitions in the modern dating world, and it really all originated with catfish so you my friend have made your staple on the history of the world yeah well thank you yeah it's even in the dictionary um so laura let me ask you have you ever been catfished or have you ever been ghosted because i'm curious now with your ghosting take if you've ever been ghosted uh i've never been ghosted but huh? i've ghosted a plenty <laughs> <laughs> uh, have i ever been catfished you know i think we were all catfishing and catfished on like early internet you know mm. chat rooms on aim you would go on and you'd say asl and you'd lie and be like i'm 16 <laughs> when you were like 11 yeah 100%. And that's, that's what my entire childhood was spent catfishing right that's a very funny way of looking at it because you're spot on. I've definitely pretended to be someone else in chat rooms many times. As a kid, just bored and having fun. You know? I know. As a kid, you that do so many so fun. dumb stuff. Technically, I think we judge these people, but like it's the, everyone knows yeah. it's the most fun you can have. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been on... Uh, I used to go on... Um, uh, what's the... Uh, now my mind is blanking. It was the misconnections. On, oh, yeah, uh, on Craigslist. Craigslist, thank you. Good lord. Yeah. You ever go on those? I don't know. I don't know, but they're so sad to read. 
I guess you only go to look if you feel as though you've had one. So wait, you went on and right. there, you had one? No, somebody introduced me to this and was like, have you ever heard of oh, mixed yeah. connections on Craigslist? And they would just read through them in these poor people who just thought they saw the love of their life pass by them at a grocery store would go on this misconnections on Craigslist and say uh, if the woman who is at Stop and Shop 1pm yesterday was wearing a blue shirt saw me please respond to this because I think that we had a strong connection like oh it's just so heartbreaking but also addicting to read I know I I mean if I'm being honest I probably have like a dozen misconnections every day I mean (laughs) You might have one right now and you yeah, don't even know, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean I don't mean people wanting to connect with me. I, I you know, I just I, every time I walk down the street I think, Oh, that person's cute. Oh my God, me. <laughs> if that's not a good enough tease for everybody to tune in, we need to talk on Facebook. I don't know what is. So do you guys have one common question that people always ask you about relationships that you see reoccurring? I think I mean I think the biggest question people are asking is should I end it? But that that should be also just a plethora of issues that come up. But people are just really are unsure of themselves when it comes to continuing a relationship or or ending it. Um, and so Neve, do you think that your background with catfish, do you think that's hurt or helped your relationships? I'm curious about that. Uh it's funny. I think being in a position to discuss just you know, because we obviously the show is sort of based on online relationships that have some element of mystery to them. Um, but the actual dating part is is minimal when you kind of get to the core of what the show is, which is just like people talking about how they feel. And so I think on one hand, it definitely improved my listening skills um, because I do my best to hear what these people have to say, and and in the moment a very little time understand, interpret, and offer some sort of advice or something that might be helpful. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's made me a, just a better person, which I think in turn makes me a better person in relationship. If nothing more, if it, nothing else more honest, maybe. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing too. You go through all this kind of like this weird stuff, especially being catfish and then it becoming so public and then hosting the show. I'm sure, especially as a host, what you see most is, people being dishonest, which only in turn makes you want to be more honest in your own personal well, life. Yes and no. I mean, but if, if I'm being honest now, I think being famous makes me a better person because nowadays, if you're famous, like you can't do anything wrong without someone knowing mm-hmm. or seeing or taking a picture or video. Like you can't flirt online because someone's going to screenshot. Like, so now I, I'm on the straight and narrow because uh, I have to be. Right. There's a, and, and I want to be. There's a quote but, that I like that I heard recently. It says, act so you can tell the truth about how you act. And if you're famous, people obviously always know how you act. And so it just kind of... You're held to it. You're held yeah, to it. Exactly. Or on the flip side of that, I mean, mm-hmm. granted, I don't know what it's like to be famous or anything like that, but you could just act like a shithead and get away with whatever, whatever you want, you know? Well, you either have to go full head, like a <laughs> totally lean into it and just be that. Yeah. Or you have to be a saint and not. And if you make one mistake, you know, hope that your fans will, will stay, you know, will get your back. I took the route of just moving into a van and hoping for the best. And it's, it's actually worked out pretty well for me so far, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, stop stealing bread, Neve. <laughs> so, Neve and, and Laura, too, tell us more about where we can find you guys to watch the show because it's airing right now, right? Season it's, yeah, season four on four Facebook. Four is on Facebook Live, right? So, That's right. So, so, yeah, you can find the page for the show, We Need to Talk, by just searching for We Need to Talk on Facebook. Uh, we're also on there if you want to find our pages. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're posting a new episode every Friday, I think. And the first one just went up. And where else can we find you guys? Obviously, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, I would assume. Oh, yeah, of course. Snapchat. Although, <laughs> Laura's, Laura uses Snapchat a lot more than I do. TikTok. Yeah, if you love mom content, my Snapchat's uh, where to go. Tell me you guys don't have TikTok. Do you have TikTok? TikTok. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't really use TikTok, but we should We should probably get on. No, that. I keep hearing everyone's always like, TikTok's no. the future, TikTok's the younger demo. And I, every time I hear that, I just think to myself, there is no a chance in Snowflake's chance in hell I ever get on TikTok. No. I tried. I, I created the username just so I would have it. Yeah. Um, but I can't, honestly, cannot. I, I feel like a grandparent when I go on there because I have no idea how to use it. Exactly. I'm 28 years old and I feel the same right. exact way. I feel like I don't belong. 
Um, anyway, yeah. thank you guys so much for calling in and joining us. Thank we you. appreciate it. Uh, we will be sure to check in on the We Need to Talk show on Attention on Facebook Watch. Yep. Um, yep. And we're looking forward to seeing more from you guys. Like you said, you guys, so much for having us. you guys got something special. So we're looking forward to more, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Neve, Laura, thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Well, there you go. Dude, Neve's awesome. I, 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 I love their energy. I, I... I will admit I have not seen We Need to Talk. I'm going to go binge watch all four seasons right now because they're captivating to listen to. Even right off the bat, she's like, I think you should ghost people. And he's like, I think you should be friends with your ex. And I'm like, I love them both. (laughs) They're just so raw and honest. I never saw, I've never seen We Need to Talk. I've never seen the documentary that Neve was on, but I've seen quite a few episodes of Catfish. Mm -hmm. And I like Neve. And it's funny to be able to talk to him now. I wish I, uh, I wish we had more time, or maybe we had him to come into the studio. Just I feel like that would be a lot of fun. I wish he was in studio. I wish they were both in studio. You want to know what would be funny, actually, is if his or him or his PR people would set up like in-person interviews, and then showing up to the interview would be someone completely different. He would catfish interviews. I think that would be pretty Ah, that's such a... Why are you not his publicist? I know. This needs to happen now, Neve, on a big stage. Neve, if you're listening to this, and honestly, why wouldn't you be? Do that and give me 50%. Like on Live with Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a big stage like that. And they like hype like, up his entrance a Neve whole bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out walks Dean from Paradise. Nice. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm Neve, guys. What are you talking about? That would be very funny. That'd be fantastic. Uh, Genius, Dean. Anyways, that'll do it for this week's episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Big thank you to everyone involved. Vanessa, Jared, Neve, Laura, Nicole. Wow, we had a lot of people in today. Um... Thank you to our sponsors as well. We couldn't be here without you, but most importantly, we couldn't be here without the listeners. So thank you to you guys. Be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be recording live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas never stays in Vegas. Don't believe that. Especially when you record a podcast because then it just gets broadcast to the entire world. Um, We look forward to that. We are going to talk about things and stuff that you're not going to want to miss. Cool story, bro. (laughs) Anyways, be sure to tune in then because maybe we'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.